Right, I finished eating my crisps so we can go. Hooray! Hi, I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to Two Star Podcast. Good morning, evening, or afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Two Star Podcast. I am your host, Daniel, and these are my two minders slash responsible adults. Say hello, Graham. <laughs> hello, Graham. <laughs> Say hello, Adam. Hello, Adam. <laughs> he did it as well. Excellent. Got lots of exciting things to talk about for you today. Oh, wait, no. Never mind. No, we've got one exciting thing. One exciting thing and a lot of shit, as usual. So, um, starting off, Graham, would you like to talk about Goofy? Right. So, you know Goofy? I am aware of him, yes. Right, so he is Mickey Mouse's friend and colleague. And he's definitely, he's a peer of Mickey, isn't he? He's not, Mm -hmm. um, they're different species, but... It's a very harmonious world that they live in, and they're they're good friends, and and they are equals. Yep. Uh, and in fact, everyone in Goofy's world is a dog. There's many dogs in the Goofy movie, which I watched the other day, and it was just about as bad as you'd expect. And okay. Mickey Mouse also. There's another dog called Pluto, but he is Mickey Mouse's pet. So, if we're saying on one hand that dogs and mice are equal in standing that's fine but then you can't have a dog as a pet so is like pluto like mickey mouse's slave well, there's some kind be. of weird horrible thing going on but pluto can't speak so he must be mentally subnormal well so, that makes it worse well yeah exactly so mickey mouse is he's got this fun house or clubhouse whatever one, i don't know what the difference is and uh, one of them's got a patch up in it. All right, okay. It'd be better if it was Funhouse. So he's in a, mm. he's in Mickey Mouse's clubhouse with all his friends: a duck, um, a dog, another um, mouse, another mouse. Yeah, his his girlfriend mouse, um, his duck they friends, girlfriend duck. Of course they are, mate. Oh, I thought there was a story where they split up or something. No, that was uh, Miss Piggy and Kermit. We covered that. Okay. And then uh, they're all they all just happily go about their lives with this slave mentally disabled dog and I don't understand why that is acceptable maybe it's a bizarre sexual thing you know they would normally be peers but Pluto is into kinky oh right so he's like ultra submissive yeah like the gimp from um, that film with Marcellus not Marcellus yeah Pulp Fiction so Pluto is a gimp not not exactly but the, the Disney equivalent I don't know if that's any better than... What, the family-friendly version of the game? Well, yes. Yeah, brightly coloured latex, not black. Yeah. And a ball gag that squeaks when he chews on it. Exactly. That makes sense. That would fit with him being a dog as well. Well, that would work, yeah. And obviously, with Disney, all of that stuff, you know, all the princes and princesses, clearly there's something implied to be going on, but it's all like staring into each other's eyes and dancing rather than, you know, actual... Activities, so um, it might be just the same with uh, Mickey and uh, Pluto. They get up to all sorts of horrific stuff off screen, oh. like Beauty and the Beast, which is also really freaking disturbing. I'm sorry to say that I think you might have cleared that up for me now, and <laughs> yeah. I preferred the ignorance. <laughs> I, um, I I endeavoured to provide service. So um, I was looking through the news as I often do. And I discovered a really interesting fact about biology. So, um, you know how 
animals go from, you know, quite smart, us, though possibly not us specifically, to really freaking dumb. Like One of the things that biologists use to categorise animals is how well they can, like, use the environment around them and do things like make tools out of twigs and um, rocks to crack shells and all that kind of stuff. And they found out that lots of animals are very smart. And they hadn't realised quite how smart until they found a a very clever bit of tool use in the bottlenose dolphin. Um, so the male bottlenose dolphin is a bit of a dick, frankly. I mean, they seem to have invented rape and have occasionally sexually assaulted random swimmers. I'm pretty sure they didn't invent it. Well, as in, they, they figured it out for themselves. They popularised it. Yeah. Um, but one of the tools that these things, that these very intelligent dolphins do, apart from using sort of shells to comb through sand, is they will find an electric eel, they will hunt it down and stun it with their sonar, and then they will jam it onto their penis and use it to match Dolphins it can't stun things with their sonar. That's just in Echo the Dolphin on the Mega Drive. Yeah. That's not a real thing that they can do. <laughs> Seriously, it does. Also, also, what was this? You were just reading through the news and you weren't at all searching for, like, dolphin erotica. But I didn't know it was a thing! I couldn't have possibly known that this would exist until I found out that it existed. Obviously, uh, then I went on a massive, like, four-hour Google binge, but, yeah, I, I was genuinely surprised. But, yeah, it's amazing. They, they are the only species other than human that uses sex toys. And in their case, their sex toys are live electric eels. So, I don't understand... In what way is electrifying your willy meant to make it, it aroused? I don't know. Well, it's presumably, like, do you remember um, way back in, in sort of the late 90s where there were all those TV adverts for, or like QVC and what have you, for those sort of electric muscle stimulation things that were supposed oh, yeah. to, like, you know, help build your abs? Oh, I presume yeah. it's something like that. You just pop you know, one it's... of them on your dick and it just wanks itself. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's my guess. Can someone else Have, having it? never tried jamming my cock anywhere near an electric eel, and with no particular <laughs> desire to try it, um, I can't well, really provide any insight. It's the um, eel part of that that's difficult, isn't it? But I mean, yes. electric outlets are everywhere. Yeah, but I don't think like I mean, what voltage do electric eels run at? Two forty, I'd assume. Oh, what's the uh, five hundred volts? Oh, well, that's even oh. better or worse. Uh, oh, that might be a bit uh, much. At one amp, pretty sure that's enough to stop your heart. Can you like step them down somehow? <laughs> Get some kind of transformer that yeah. you connect your electric eel to and then like collect the electrodes on the other end to your penis. Yeah, I mean maybe if you coil the eel up in a what sort of coil the eel up, that'll like... well, I guess I guess you'd have to up the voltage quite a bit so that it wouldn't be fatal. Are eels uh, AC or DC? Uh I would assume DC. Uh, they're gonna come with a hell of a power brick, aren't they? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, dolphins clearly harder than you thought. I think well, <laughs> dolphins are. Um, when you look at them; they're, they're pretty slippery and smooth, aren't they? Of all of the animals that you could use as as a sex toy, the dolphin is right up there. Not right up there, but oh god! <laughs> but it's it's on it's at the top of the list. Yes. <laughs> I don't think you'd get it right up there, would you? They're pretty big. Yeah, they'd probably be quite angry about it, to be honest. Yeah, they might get electric eels to electrocute you. Yeah. And use their sonar like in a computer game. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. Well, speaking of... Um, well, none of that, really. <laughs> um, Christopher from Scotland has been on. <gasps> and he has sent us a picture of something which I assume he found in Asda. Uh, it's in an Asda packet. And it's it is called... A dolphin-shaped sex toy? 
better. Let's hope not. It is called Scotch Beef Ham. And this what? is a thing that you can buy. Well, okay. beef ham obviously makes sense if you can have beef bacon. Like You assume that that's a thing that you can do. It does have raised the question of why you would do it. Well, what's the diff- what makes it ham and not bacon? Uh, it's not cured, is it? That's the like bacon is is like cured and and like left for a while and then... ah, so ham needs to be cooked. Well, I thought you could have you can have well, you and you can have cured hams, but yeah. Like, yeah, bacon is is cured. So the ham, the beef ham, is the raw version of what we ate. Um, well, yeah, but pre pre curing slash smoking slash yeah. Uh, it says to oven roast it for sixty minutes. Right? That's a long time. I assume this is like, like is this like a full sized ham? It weighs two hundred and eighty four grams. Okay, so that's fairly chunky then. Mm. So it looks yeah. like it's like a, a sort of a side of beef. What is beef ham? It's, yeah, that is that's very strange. Yeah. yeah, is that like? I mean, how does that? Is that just like a thinner version of steak? Like I don't. It I don't just it just says like scotched beef, born in, reared in, slaughtered in the UK. Apparently, yeah. it never even went on holiday. Poor, Poor bastard. Man. So we uh, we need to get a Kickstarter together for two pounds eighty four. Are we are we really going to risk this after the whole beef bacon debate? I, I feel we should be going more Indiegogo or something. Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, what's that new one? Um, that you can like people can actually invest in fig that's it so we can actually get people to invest and then they'll get some kind of return we don't want to give them a return no they'll ask oh, like okay. our beef ham or something that'd be awful getting that's listening safe. to the podcast that's their return yeah fair enough higher quality podcast when it's mm, well mm. <laughs> but um yeah i don't know why he sent us that but he did then he sent us something else which i will read his letter to you now it says, Dear Sirs at Two Star Knobcast, which uh, is highly offensive, and mm. I'm going to put him on uh, his final written warning for that. Uh, I'm certain to write it down, wouldn't I? Well, he's on a verbal warning. That's a yellow card, Christofferson. He says, I was watching Gogglebox, which. I mean, already that makes anything he's going to say invalid, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Uh, but they were talking about monkey nuts, and he mentioned that monkey nuts and peanuts were the same, but, as one does, decided to wiki it to boost his ego and prove to himself just how knowledgeable he is. The following link, which was returned, cannot be unseen, and he thought us perverts might be able to help. <laughs> I am not googling monkey nuts. So, he has sent us a link to the Wikipedia page for Serge Voronoff. Okay who um, was a Russian, born on the 10th of July, 1866. He died on September 3rd, 1951. If one of you two wants to do the maths on that while I'm talking, that would be useful. And he was a French surgeon of Russian extraction who gained fame for his technique of grafting monkey testicle tissue onto the testicles of men for purportedly therapeutic purposes while working in France in the 20s and 30s. The technique brought him a great deal of money, although he was already wealthy. As his work fell out of favour, he went from being highly respected to a subject of ridicule. Other doctors, and the public at large, quickly distanced themselves from, from Voronoff, 
pretending they never had any interest in the grafting techniques. So, <laughs> well, when it therapeutic, what? Well, um, the monkey nuts were supposed to make you feel better. I believe so. Having surgery on your testicles was supposed so to. So there's be quite a lengthy paragraph about monkey gland transplant work. I've heard about mon- like monkey glands being used as like a performance enhancer thing that a yeah, lot of like, like sports people. Can, but, but that's, yeah, that's that's exactly not actually having the 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 tissue literally grafted onto your own balls. Mm. Well, the way he got started in this endeavour was. Um, in 1889, he injected himself under the skin with extracts from ground-up dog and guinea pig testicles. But these experiments failed to produce the desired results of increasing hormone effects to retard ageing. Oh, so he's a good old, like, you know... So, uh, bear in mind, he was born in 1866. So he injected himself at the age of 23 with testicles to stop himself from ageing. I don't think you've started ageing at 23, really, have well, you? Also, how long did he wait to establish that he was still ageing? Well, yeah, it doesn't say how well, long he, he gave says, it. Was he, did he say to, to halt or actually to retard the ageing process? Was he trying to make himself younger? Well, it said it just says to retard ageing. Yeah, so that's just he was actually trying to make himself younger. No, no it just means slowing the ageing process, doesn't it? Mm. Well, no, but at no, 23, I don't think you... Yeah. Mm. Um, so then he launched his experiments from that starting point... Because he believed that glandular transplants would produce more sustained effects than mere injections. So, oh, okay. reasonable hypothesis. I think so. Yeah. So he started as he would, transplanting thyroid glands from chimpanzees to humans. Okay. Then he moved on to transplanting of testicles of executed criminals into millionaires. That seems like what? a bad idea. But then demand outstripped supply, so he turned into turned to monkey testicles. So hang on, there were more millionaires than murderers. Well, more millionaires who wanted testicles than murderers who would give him their testicles. Okay, so can we have some climate? Were they, were they, I, I assume they looked like death row or something, not just like random prisoners. Then again, this was. Like, says, it says executed. Yeah, so so that okay, that that makes more sense because you know it takes even even in America they don't murder that many people. No, but I mean He's, millionaires are queuing up to get balls injected into them. Yes, well they were. So then uh, he got funded by a wealthy American socialite. Who presumably wanted some, you know, hot ball action of his own. I would imagine so. Um, and the money allowed him to begin transplantation experiments on animals. Some people are really fucked up. So between 1917 and 1926, he carried out over 500 transplantations on sheep and goats, and also a bull, grafting testicles from younger animals onto older ones. Again, it doesn't really say why. Well, presumably, again, to to like to make them younger. Make them younger. Presumably, yeah. I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense that if you take the balls of a of a young animal and you you glue them or staple them or whatever to the balls of an old animal, that old animal will start getting younger until it has reached the age of its balls. So he wrote a book in 1925 called Rejuvenation by Grafting, and he describes what he believes are some of the potential effects of his surgery. He says, while, quote, not an aphrodisiac, he admits the sex drive may be improved. Other possible effects include better memory, the ability to work longer hours, the potential for no longer needing glasses due to improvement of muscles around the eyes, and the prolonging of life. Uh, He also speculates that the grafting surgery may be beneficial to people with dementia uh, and schizophrenia. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that having something grafted onto my balls is not going to improve my sex drive. I'm going to spend quite a lot of time wandering around on, like, 
circular padded cushions saying ow 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 my balls rather than trying to you well, know presumably it meant not immediately but after you've recovered a bit but well yeah but it was t- surgery in the 20s but imagine if you suddenly had a monkey's balls you would just be <laughs> all over the place wouldn't you monkeys are always jerking off anyway so this uh, this gentleman's later work included transplants of monkey ovaries into women and he tried to reverse the experiment, transplanting a human ovary onto a female monkey, and then tried to inseminate the monkey with a human sperm. Uh, I'm going to take a wild stab and say it didn't work. Uh, it doesn't say it did. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it doesn't really explain why he why he did any of this. And then he uh, fell out of favour because the scientific community suddenly thought, actually, maybe this doesn't do what he says and maybe this is a load of nonsense mm. but in cool. the 40s um, his treatment was widely used by football players at Wolverhampton Wanderers and Portsmouth yes that was that's uh, the whole monkey glands thing that will apparently you know mm. improve your performance so that's um, what a Russian man did lovely mm. yeah, so we'll never forget that thanks Christabel Please don't send us anything else ever again. So, um, to get away from the subject of dodgy sex, which seems to have dominated the podcast so far, as many of you will know, we have recently suffered through a traumatic event in Britain called Storm Barney. Don't forget Storm Abigail as well. I had forgotten Storm Abigail. But my point is this. Barney could have been terrifying. Like um, It was really windy here. We had tiles fall off our roof and everything. But I just couldn't really take it seriously because it was called Barney. How are you supposed to be afraid of something called Barney? Well, I'm also confused as to why we've suddenly taken it upon ourselves, having never done it before, in the middle of November, to start naming it when it gets a bit windy. Well, these uh, are names that the public chose as well, which is a really good reason not to let the public choose anything uh, ever. Have I missed some kind of unbelievably shitty reality TV show where people vote for the best storms and then we have them? I don't know. I think it was just the Met Office said, <laughs> what should we call these storms? And everyone said, why do you need to call them anything? And they said, please. Because America does it. It's like, yeah, but America, like, they actually have hurricanes that, like, you know, do stuff rather than mm. just it being a bit windy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was windy here, but no one died. No. Well, I mean, some people probably died, but I don't think it was related. Well, maybe this was the genius of the Met Office naming it. Because it was called Barney, it had to be inoffensive, because clearly Barney is inoffensive. I don't think hurricanes and storms follow nominative determinism, do they? Well, clearly, because Barney was such a non-event, as was Abigail. So if they'd called it... um... I can't think of any really fierce sounding note. Yeah, yeah Jesus, rats. Storm Barabbas. Yeah. yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been a lot more frightening. We'd basically all be dead. Yeah, if it had been Storm Barry, then we'd all have just been slightly pissed off. Yeah, it just seems it seems really weird. Like it's the kind of thing that you want to just start and say, right, we're now going to have a new policy this year. We're going to name all of the storms whenever it gets like a bit windy and stuff. Rather than just like doing it at the end of the year as kind of a well, we're we're, we're bored. What can we do? All right, why don't we do this? Like, uh, yeah, I I guess maybe it'll attract some publicity. Well, I found the full list of um, UK storm names twenty fifteen really and sixteen. 
So we've had Abigail and Barney. Mm. The next one looks Welsh and is apparently pronounced Cloda. <laughs> right. right. Then we'll move on to Desmond. That's also a terrible storm name. And Eva. That's fine. Frank. Yeah. Storm Frank. Gertrude yeah. is coming. Oh, God. Henry, Imogen, Jake, Katie, and Lawrence. I don't none think... Of, none of these... No, none of these, like, have any real kind of impact. They don't sound threatening. They don't sound dramatic. They don't sound impressive. They just sound really boring. Well, what about Storm Mary? It sounds like an instruction. Well, uh, Storm Nigel. That's <laughs> going to be a... That's really? going to be a, a force 12, isn't it? Uh, then there's Orla, Phil, Rhonda... Steve, <laughs> Tegan, Vernon, and Wendy. Uh, so that's really, the storms what, that we got really to look forward to. What happens if we have like additional storms beyond Wendy? Um, they don't appear to have allowed for that. Wendy. I assume that they'll uh, suddenly put up a text vote line. But Wendy sounds too much like Windy. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's, that's silly, storm isn't it, really? Steve just sounds awful. Yeah, you can't have a storm called Steve, can you? Well, somebody, somebody Scottish on my Twitter feed pointed out that Abigail is just a big gale. Oh, yeah. She happens to be Scottish. It's clever. Mm. So why aren't they all um, clever puns like that? Because you've got Abigail uh, and Wendy bookending them, and then you've got Steve. Yeah. It's not good, is it? No. And why, is it, why, why wouldn't they pick Norman? For N. Yeah, would make more sense than Nigel, wouldn't it? Storm Norm. Mm. So, we're not going to go through the full 26, because I don't think we are witty enough on our feet, but um, maybe we could say we could come up with better names for the next three. So, instead of Cloder, which doesn't even... It's not even a name. Um, Dan put forward Clive, but I'm going to veto that, because <laughs> it's stupid. Um What's a really mean-sounding name beginning with C? Storm Carl? No. There aren't really any, are there? No. Just go old school and call it Christ. Storm Christ. I like that. Was Christ his surname? Yeah. Well, I think it was more of a kind of just... So was it Joseph and Mary Christ? Well, no, I think it was like a sort of honorary title. I don't think it was... They didn't have surnames back then. Pontius Pilate had a surname, didn't he? I mean, he's Roman, you see. Maybe the Romans had surnames. But Jesus must have had a surname. Yeah. Why doesn't anyone know Jesus' surname? Well, maybe he ended up having a really awkward conversation with Mary and Joseph when she admitted that Joseph wasn't his actual father, and then he kind of disowned them for a bit, and the Bible doesn't go into that. Uh, so Jesus, yeah, there's there's some variation, but basically, yeah, it's just that it would have been known as like Jesus, son of Mary, or Jesus. So he'd be Jesus Godson. Yeah, as opposed to like because Jesus of Nazareth was like they, they was like it's all kind of it's you know not really a surname per se. It's just a kind of general. It's that guy Jesus. Oh, which Jesus? You know, Jesus, son of Mary. I suppose of all the people who didn't really need a surname to identify themselves. It would be Jesus, wouldn't it? Oh, which mm. Jesus? Well, the Son of God, obviously. Yeah. Do you see that Jesus guy did the miracles? What Jesus the the butcher? No. I'm, oh, Jesus the plumber. No, Jesus the fucking car. Well, he was a carpenter, wasn't he? But anyway, right. Well, yeah. Storm Christ. So, what does Christ mean then? Uh, it's Greek, I think. Hang on. He wasn't Greek. 
You've got to admit, right, that Jesus's checker trade profile would have been the best. Work guaranteed. Am son of God. Yeah, but okay. So yeah, so Christ is Christ is from the Greek mm. Christos, which means anointed one, um, right. which is from which is kind of the equivalent of Messiah. It's just his job title then. Yeah, basically. Mm. All right. Well, so it is like Jesus the plumber, only Jesus, yeah. Jesus yeah. the Christ. Yeah, it's very much kind of the Welsh sort of thing of you know. Dave the plumber, Guy the carpenter. Exactly. Dave, the, yeah. Okay. Well. Um, a storm name beginning with D. Um, uh, yeah, it turns out you can't actually think of good names when uh, when you need to. I think storm name Dave somehow. Storm name Dave is okay. Desmond is pretty pretty awful, isn't it? It is. It just doesn't really have any kind of. Just makes me think of the TV show. What about Dracula. Dracula's a little foreign. Mm. You know, upset storm you. Storm Damien. Storm Damien, yeah. You know, Damien works. It would work yeah. for the uh, Omen Association. Yeah. yeah. So, E, Storm. Ernest. Uh, Engelbert. Engelbert's quite good. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, it turns out um, these were the best they could come up with. Yeah. Actually, I don't know with the mess office. They've, they've screwed themselves here, mm. really. Well, I mean, that's why they opened it up to the public, I guess, because they couldn't. Yeah, if they published their own list, everyone would just come out and say, God, those are lame. Hmm. So maybe next year when they vote on the next lot of storms, if we've managed to build up a following, we could weaponize them and come up with some better names. I'll try mm. and manipulate the votes. Mm. Do the, the the classic internet trick of like you know ballot stuffing. Yeah, it can't so be we... that hard. There can't be that many people who've taken time out of their day to vote on the names of the tropic of the storms in England. I was going to say, Tropical Storm is probably pushing it a little. Yeah. Uh, Just given that it's quite Slightly cold. windy yeah. conditions. I mean, Storm is pushing it a bit, let's be honest. Yeah, it's it's a gale. That's uh, Storm Barney. Good work, Barney. You yeah. blew over a swing chair in my garden. <laughs> well, it's that time of year that um, all of the supermarkets put their adverts out and everyone loses their minds and gets emotional over something that's just trying to sell them some socks. And we should be no different. So I imagine you have probably been subjected to the John Lewis advert by now, but in case you haven't, um, it starts off with a girl looking through a telescope at the moon, um, and then suddenly she's very surprised, and she realises that she can see an old man on the moon. And now it's not clear what the man has done but given that he's living in exile on the moon it must have been pretty fucking bad yeah that's not the kind of thing that happens to you just because you're rude to somebody exactly so he i mean i think the advert reveals this at the end so when we get to the end i will i will tell you my theory yeah well i mean they they didn't even send hitler to the moon so you you know this guy i'm assuming has slaughtered thousands of children Mm. which makes it Concerning that her reaction is not to tell somebody, it, but it's that, to... what, that, that a man on the moon is is. I know what what is. I've actually seen the advert, so okay. Good. Well, so what she does then is keeps looking at him for a bit, and then um, ties a box to some balloons, which then float up to the moon, as balloons do, 
and then uh, he opens it up and there's a telescope so then he looks through the telescope through her window at her so i mean if you find a pedophile living on the moon you don't give him a fucking telescope to look through your window do you so this is my theory he is clearly the world's most patient fucking pedophile well he's the mo- world's most heinous pedophile as well if he's been sent to the moon well, yeah but he's still like pedophiling from the moon well, and getting her to sort of participate in it yeah, I mean, it's not the most efficient way of grooming somebody, is it? Waiting until they've seen you with the telescope. Well, yeah, but if they're on the moon, your options are pretty limited. You can't, like, yeah. leave a trail of sweets up to the moon. Yeah, I suppose. I kind of assume that's how pedophiles work. So, so now he's up there looking through his telescope at kids and uh, wanking himself silly. And it's her fault. Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe um, she's going to hit him with a paywall. Yeah, it so could be. Maybe that's to- her... I have to wonder what is the message of this advert. Um, we, we're John Lewis. We sell telescopes that you can send to pedos on the moon. I think. It you well, you've got to admit, it's, it's certainly it's certainly a unique advertising angle. Yeah, I mean, they found a niche, haven't they? They may as well exploit it. Um, and some somebody on Twitter found a telescope on the John Lewis website, the only one they sell, and it had one star. So it's mm. not, she didn't even send him a good telescope. You see, what I'm imagining is that someone has gone into John Lewis, bought the telescope and said, can I send it to the moon? And they've said, no, don't be stupid. And she's we had a massive... We only deliver to the mainland United Kingdom. Yeah. 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 Which is why it's only got one star. Well, I mean, that's one star for the delivery. I think the, the one star on the product itself is um, the important bit. Mm. This is true. So I'm on the John Lewis website now. And I'm going to search for a telescope. A pedoscope, if you will. I really oh, won't. Uh, the one I saw linked to from Twitter doesn't exist anymore, so they must have realised... Um... Oh, but they do have a make-your-own-telescope kit that you can tie to some balloons to send to a pedo on the moon. So they've, uh, they're getting the merchandise in for the advert pretty quick. Hmm. So, um, so how, I how think, much would that set you back? Which one? The the build your own telescope. Oh, the build your own. Uh, just eight pounds. Oh, okay, uh, that's not uh, a cardboard tube with a bit of plastic. So, um, I think it's time that we uh, unveil the twenty fifteen two star podcast Christmas advert. Do we have one? Well, we had one last year, so it's um, it's a yearly tradition now, isn't it? That everyone has okay. to get excited about adverts for some reason. So, the formula is you get um, a sort of plinky plonky acoustic version of an old pop hit. So, um, female vocalist, or just a you know really bland male. It does tend to be females, doesn't it? Because I was thinking of the most bland musical act that has ever existed, Mumford and Sons. Mm. I was thinking maybe they. It needs to be. It needs yeah. It needs to be a cover. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, I think the cover would be the Venga bus is coming, and everybody's jumping. I think yeah. that would that would work. Yeah, no, that, I think that, that's mm, good. Has, has a good, good yeah. parallels with Christmas. So, uh, next part of the equation is something that pulls at the old heartstrings. What do people love? Um, they've had penguins, snowmans, um, moon pedos. Uh, Sainsbury's has got a 
cat from an old children's book or something. So what, what could we what could we use? If, if we're going to go with things that people really love most at the mo- moment, it's probably racism. Right. You might struggle to make a heartwarming um, Christmas tale about... Well, maybe it's somebody overcoming racism. That's How about those twatty like things that aren't actually hoverboards but call themselves hoverboards but are really just segues without the upright stick bit those are yeah okay so there's um a living well uh, an anthropomorphic uh hover i can't call it a hoverboard um crap segue one of them things yeah Um, no anthropomorphic doesn't work like how about somebody who really wants one oh right oh i see Okay, so well, like, a, like a kid, and like all his friends have got them, and they're all zooming around looking like pricks. And mm. he really wants like a prick with the rest of them, but his family can't afford a, a shitty hoverboard because I don't know. I presume they're like three hundred quid or something. They they are literally three hundred pounds. <laughs> well, there we go then. Um, and so you know his his family are are not stupid, so they're not going to spaff three hundred quid on a, a shitty wheel thing. Yeah. Okay, um, but then um, his dad gets murdered, and. Yeah. The will is read, and he has three hundred pounds left to him. So he goes to the shop to buy the hoverboard, but they've all gone; they've sold out. What's he mm. going to do? So he kind of looks looks dejected, like has to walk back walk walk back home in the rain. Yeah, Every, then... everyone, um, businessmen, his friends and his peers, um, teachers, everyone just zooming past him on their hoverboards. Not but then he sees some bright lights in the background, and zooming up behind him is a bus with a disco ball and bright lights and oh. ravers in the top. Oh, we're actually putting the actual Venga bus into. Yes. No, you can't do that. It's got to be you can you can have a Christmas a Christmas Venga bus, but it can't be the the, the original Venga bus. It's the wrong Venga bus. Okay, so it's a hybrid of the Venga bus and the Coca Cola lorry. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, right. So, and, and then just... the Venga boys get out of the bus. Yeah, with a with a big, a huge box. Yeah, like they're all dressed Christmas up wrapping. as Father Christmas. And yeah, else. but Father Christmas in like 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 nineties dancey suit things. Yeah, how many? It's a lycra Santa. How many of the Venga boys are we assuming are still alive at this point? <laughs> how many? How, how many were, were there? Just two of them. There was four. There was three, three or four. Two girls, two men. I think. Yeah, that sounds plausible. Um, I'm assuming three. I I think three. I think probably there's two of the original left, uh, but they probably brought somebody else in at some point. So yeah. I'm assuming two died, but one was replaced. So we'll 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 say it's it's. Uh, Frankly, one of the sugar babes can be drafted in because God knows there's enough. Of well, I mean, God, I I think I got my call up letter for the sugar babes last week. <laughs> I haven't opened it yet, but it's like national service. But yeah, a slight difference. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so then, uh, so they give him his um, his hoverboard, and or maybe if there's only three of them, they could recruit him as the next Venga. Oh yeah, they say right. So better than giving you a a shitty thing that's going to ultimately kill you, um, you can be in a shitty band that's going to ultimately kill you. No, no, no. no. But if they're all draft, you know, dancing in inverted commas around on their um, hoverboards, they give him like his Venga Santa suit and his Venga. Santa wheelie thing, and then they all go and party off into the distance, dancing to nineties techno pop. Oh, that's but slowed down and done by Mumford and Sons. Yeah. So then, how do we? Well, I don't think we need to relate this to the podcast in any way because 
None of the other Christmas adverts are related no, to the, the nothing shop, to do but, with the shop. Yeah. Maybe all of their like Venga suits have two stars on or something. Yeah, or there's I a mean, star on each pedal of the um the shitty things. It's more about the art, isn't it? Yeah. Um than the it's actual... just, it's not, yeah, it's about getting people talking about your advert, yeah. not necessarily yeah, about people have you. their breath taken away and then it'll just have the two star pod it'll fade to black and then there'll be the two star podcast. Fucking amazing. And that's our tagline, fucking amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Bosh, that's um that's done. I'll upload it to YouTube next week. Uh could, awesome. who can get hold of the Venga Boys and or the Venga Bus? I think the Venga Bus would be the harder thing to come up Yeah, by. I mean the Venga Boys would probably be easy to get hold of at this yeah, point. Imagine you know. bung them well, up. Pretty much everything's yeah. on eBay these days. The the old Team Sky bus was on eBay the other day and so uh, let's see. eBay Venga Bus. I'll do a Google product search. Shopping. Uh Okay, I think I found it. Oh no, no, that turns out it's just the CD single um, of, of "We Like to Party" for two ninety nine from Tony Snell Two. Uh, yes, that's the one. Oh, I found a Vengabus T shirt from Cafe Press, eleven pounds. Uh, Sadly, Etsy will not make us a Vengabus. It's a bit sad. Okay, well, we might have to launch a Kickstarter to buy the rights to the Vengabus. Well, we don't necessarily need the Vengabus. We, yeah, we just, we're Christmas obviously, we're, it's yeah, it's going to be a modified, enough. a modified Venga bus, like heavily modded Venga bus. We need like a, uh, you know, Tim Westwood or Exhibit to like, you know, pimp our bus. Um, we never ever need Tim Westwood. Okay, well, I'm sure we can get hold of Exhibit. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think he does anything else anymore. I've got a horrible feeling I'm about to drop eleven quid on a Venga bus T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Link it. Show us it. It's, it's in my cart. <laughs> Oh, you can get you can get it as a golf shirt. <laughs> oh, that's actually quite tempting. Oh God, my wallet's up here and everything. <laughs> it's asking me if I want to pajamify this top. <laughs> Why would you not want to do that? Oh, exactly. Um, I can turn my T-shirt into a pajama sensation <laughs> with these one hundred percent cotton pajama bottoms, made of ultra fine ring spun cotton. They get softer with each washing. I can lounge in style, um, and they've got two. One of the patterns is the uh, Democratic Party donkey, and one is the Republican Party elephant. Or you can go for you know plaid or um, urban camo. Urban right. camo, obviously. This is nineties. Right. Well, I don't think I want to pajamify my t-shirt because the pajama bottoms cost fifteen pounds. But they do get softer every wash. A lot of things get softer every wash. A sort of a dick joke that doesn't make any sense. I was wondering where you were going with the innuendo there. Uh, Well, I've clicked add to cart and it's not adding. So I think the ineptitude of Cafe Press may have just saved me £11. But made you infinitely poorer, spiritually. Well, yeah, I mean, that's no surprise to anyone though, is it? No. Not really. Okay, well, that's the advert sorted. Um, So does anyone have any other business? I don't because um, I've prepared absolutely nothing for this podcast because I have been doing work and shit. You've been working out a shit. Yes. I do have one last thing. I've attempted to sort of corral some of the tweets of the week and possibly my favourite ever tweet happened last week. Um, and I'll read it to you verbally. Oh, you worked out how to use Storify. Yeah, just about. Um, newsflash. Karen Benzema arrested over alleged midget sex tape blackmail of Matthew Balbuena. That's possibly the greatest lead for a story I've ever seen. That is... Midget sex tape blackmail. 
I don't understand the words in that order. I don't, that's what makes it so brilliant. It could mean anything, but mm. yet you know... Is it just a really tiny sex tape? I, I think the truth is that a sex tape was made of a midget and this Matthew Valboyna person and this Karen Benzema chap is blackmailing him over it. Well, I think um, midgets have got every right to be in sex tapes if they want to. Yeah, I, I don't get where the blackmail's coming from. Yeah, it's just they were just two adults. Maybe he was blackmailing the midget. Oh, maybe. Well, I suppose. So, either you, either you so who, was, who was the person involved? I've never uh, heard the uh, name Karim that you Benzema, said. He's a football player, French... They're both rich both, French well, yeah, football players, which makes it even more I fun. Think are they both in the national team? Or are they just, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, the midget? Well, not the midget's midget. in the national team. Oh, right. But, the midget's uh, unnamed in this. Oh, yeah. okay. But the other two, um, yeah, are like... Well, it's going to be um, Peter Dinklage or Warwick Davis, isn't it? They're the only two. What about the guy who played Mini-Me? Fern Troyer. That's yes. the one. Are there any female midgets? Does that happen? I presume of it does. it does. Yes. Yeah, shitloads of them, mate. They're all over the fucking place. Look out the window. I am. It's dark and there's a barning outside. Oh, God. Yes, that was pretty much my only ever other business. I I just saw that tweet and thought, this is amazing. Okay, well, well done to everyone involved. Mm. Right, well, I haven't got anything else either. Cool. Right, well, thank you for listening, listeners. Um, You have survived another two-star podcast. Um, Same, well, it won't be the same time next week or possibly next week, so, yeah. Sometime we'll do yeah, another podcast. Maybe it'll be two weeks instead of three this time round, but I mean, I've got no motivation to do anything, let alone waste an hour of my life talking to you two. Thanks. Especially when it means you miss The Apprentice. Yeah, exactly. I'm missing a fucking apprentice for this done. It's not my fault. It literally is your fault. Oh, wait. Yeah, it is. Shit. Yeah. I'm right. sure it was shit anyway. Yeah, probably. The, I think was... probably the, uh, the twat got sacked. It seems likely. That doesn't seem to be how The Apprentice works. Normally the twat does quite well. Well, I mean, there's 16 twats, so they all True. get sacked at some point, don't they? Yeah. All right, well, uh, bye. ta How do I get free shipping off Cafe Press? I'm not paying £5.50 for a Venger Bus t-shirt.